2: Hello oh, and welcome to episode 11 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 6 and preview of round 7. This episode is brought to you by Snowball Fights. As long as it's not yellow, it's legal. Uh, no, no. Actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by a full co-host crew. We've got Mike Denton, Andrew Crawlard, Mr. Guy Sanchez, and I'd also like to welcome our first-time special guest, Parker Cleveland from Dirty South Soccer. Hey, guys, how you doing?
4: Doing well, doing well. Doing well, pretty good.
2: Victory beer. Victory beer, yes. (laughs) You have many things to celebrate tonight, Andrew, which we will get into later on in the show. Uh, first, let's uh, welcome Parker. A uh, little little tweet out before the show started that we want to have someone representing Dirty South Soccer. So glad to have you here, Parker. Anybody you want to give a shout-out to at the beginning of the show?
4: Don't really want to give a shout-out, but I want to say thanks for having me on and uh, really looking forward to doing this. Sure. Awesome. Glad you can
2: join us, representing some Atlanta knowledge to the show today. Well, let's start out with our round six review. How did your teams do? Mike?
0: Uh, I got 68 points. Um, so I moved up a whopping uh, 18 spots overall, which is a big movement there. Um, I, I did okay. I got um, Alessandrini, uh, win and via you know, and, and Acosta in midfield. Uh, I was also a victim of the Sporting Kansas City late dropping of the clean sheet. Um, Rudy and Laren didn't do much for me, but a decent week, but not great. So middle of the pack moved up just barely anything.
1: I ended up on 78 points for the week. I had Alessandrini, Captain Giovinco, actually did something for me this week. And my main money man was Michael Barrios in Dallas. lighting it up. You know, I I almost went with him because it seems like after some of these weird game weeks, he always comes alive. Yeah, like I said last week, he's one of those guys that he's going to get you two points or double digits. And this week happened to be a double digit week. What you got?
3: Uh, I ended up on 75 points, uh, pretty much almost the same then as, uh, as Andrew. I had a uh, Giovinco captain, Alessandrini. Andrini, um, but yeah, SKC all the way in the back. And, you know, when that, <clears throat> when that happened, I just laughed. Of course, of course, SKC would give it up that late, but, uh, you know,
2: it happens. But can we just say that they've not allowed a goal during regular time? Is is that okay to go with? Because these stoppage time goals are killing me. Well, I, I
0: think I the, bigger I thing is, the bigger thing is that Madranda, who keeps getting subbed off at like 70 minutes, has gotten two clean sheets where Sporting Kansas City hasn't gotten it. <laughs> so I, I think uh, the official fantasy account is now creating like a special Madranda clean sheet. term.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll do that. Parker, how's your team do?
4: Well, I did great until you know the San Jose game and the sporting Kansas City games hit about the 85th minute and then I dropped from you know having 86 to 61 points for the week so not mm. not such a successful week for me. I feel
2: the pain still I don't feel like those are bad scores the average point total was 56 I haven't looked to see what the average points are for people in the top 100 uh, the highest points was 106. I got 77. Yes, I did go all-in with Sporting Kansas City again. I actually had Lima that snuck in there. I did a switcheroo with Lima and Alex, and uh, Houston did not turn out as I had hoped that would have, and so I did swap that around, got Lima. He got some points for me. I did have Synovic, so that was fun, but I had a, a late relief, I want to say. I guess, Mike, you can share this as well with, with VIA actually getting a goal, but there there was a while. I'm, I'm going to just say you're welcome to the fantasy community because I sent a message out on Twitter to you guys in, in the little direct message chat where I was just, just cursing VIA as my captain, and then he got a goal, so you're welcome, community of fantasy players. I, I do what I can.
0: Yeah, I got that message. I was sitting in a movie theater, and I'm seeing all these Reed complaining about Via. I'm like, oh gosh, I guess something really awful happened. And then the movie ended, and I looked at it. I was like, wait, Via scored. What is you complaining about? <laughs>
2: that's that's what happened after. That was so, that was
0: the aftermath. So maybe like you've taken over like my position of uh, jinxing David Via Reed. It, it's possible that it's the the abilities have transferred to you. Have, have you considered that?
2: Well, I don't know because I complained and he scored, so maybe that's the maybe it's using my power maybe for good.
0: you need to not have him on your team, and he'll do well now. <laughs> we'll this see. We'll, we'll the, try. The mantle has passed, Reed. I've I've given it to you unconsciously. so It is yours.
2: <laughs> we'll see what happens. So I don't think these are bad scores. I ended up with seventy-seven myself. Would have been ninety-seven if I had gotten that Sporting Kansas City clean sheet. But you know, you live, you learn. It's fun. Uh, general impressions and takeaways, guys, from this round. What do, anybody.
4: I was pretty surprised by RSL winning three, nothing. Um, they haven't scored three goals all year and then they come out and <laughs> score three goals in a blizzard. And, and I think also Houston kind of getting shut out, uh, was a big surprise for me.
2: Now how much of that RSL game was blizzard compared to tired legs from CCL?
4: I probably think probably 50, 50 with, <laughs> with that That's one. Great. I think Mike Pecky kind of said you throw the game plan out the window and, uh, when the blizzard started. So they, they kind of just got a good result there.
0: I think you also have to give credit to the fact that Jao Plata was back and this is only the second game that they've had him start. And I think the way that he can create chances is just so valuable to RSL that they looked lost last week without him. And then this week, I mean, they were creating chance after chance, even in the first half when they hadn't scored, they were a lot more threatening. And I don't think it was really all that much that Pecky did. It was really just having Zhao Plata on the field, being there, being the awesome player that he is, really helped. And, I mean, Vancouver's tired legs and the blizzard just made it a blowout.
2: I think one thing that I, as a taking away from, especially seeing all the recent conversations, is the home versus away form. I know that Travis did an article recently on that at MLSsoccer.com. Uh, I've seen some conversations over at Reddit about this. And this week, I think, was a great representation of that, except for – Portland. Congratulations, guy. Um, but, I mean, I think we know what happened there. But this was just, the, the home teams, that advantage is real. They came out, they they got the job done in most of those cases, or at least came away with with a point. Um, I, I think there's some big question marks around the Red Bulls right now. I know last week we said, oh yeah, oh yeah, New York always starts slow, they always start slow. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm starting to wonder if, if this is just, a that formation is just not going to work going forward for them. Um, I and you can mention this later on, Parker, if you want to, am loving what Atlanta's doing, even on the road right there. Um, putting up those two goals against Toronto is, is great to see for a road team. And then also, I was very pleased to see both Chicago and New England do well, even though I was betting some on Houston, and I know lots of people were also looking at the crew, uh, but it's, it's nice to see those teams that were struggling last year do a little bit better this year. Oh, biggest surprise, too, though – I would have bet money that, that Roe would have started for L.A. after all the crazy that happened with Diop last week. But no, he was there earning him nine big points and sitting on my bench.
1: Thank you very much for those nine points.
2: You're welcome. <laughs> well, more like seven because I got two from Malia, so I got to go with that. Uh, what about fantasy takeaways, guys? Anything that uh, you've learned that you want to pass on going forward? Giovinco's back, baby. Oh, one goal makes him back?
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. Is he worth twelve million though? At home, most times, yeah. Away, okay. not so much. Okay, that's fair.
0: Uh, my takeaway is that Valeri is—I guess he's not back, but he's always been awesome. Um, we saw him score again. He's pretty awesome. Once you, especially at home, he's a must-have on your team. I know Andrew doesn't like to hear that, but you have to have Valeri on your
1: team. Whoa, 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 I said when he's at home, he's going to be in my team. It's just <laughs> the way that I was giving, giving him crap.
0: Yeah, but you were blasting him, and he's got the – I haven't checked the updated rankings, but, I mean, he was the third expected goals and expected assist producer going into this game, and he didn't do it himself any disfavors uh, this weekend against a Philly team who I think we can safely say is one of the worst teams in the league um, they've give, now given up two goals in every game except for that first game in Vancouver when neither team was particularly interested in scoring. So, um, yeah, Valeri, I, I think, you know, we, we went into the season thinking Ladero and Giovinco, but just price-wise, I don't think either of those are really great options unless they have a really good matchup. You're, you're really looking at, um, you know, Valeri and, and David Villa as your kind of go-to forwards strictly based on price.
2: Well, Guy, we're talking about Valerian Portland. You've got to weigh in on this.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised, too, that I didn't think that Portland would win that one outright. I thought they would probably draw. And, you know, know, like I said, the home form is just so strong in this league. Um, But it still feels like Portland has that tendency when they're up a goal or two to really shut it down and just stop pressing. So I don't know if it's just about their kind of just taking the game over themselves or what but it was I mean it was fun to watch it was it was an awesome little offensive explosion so I'll take it as long as it lasts. I mean we didn't win a road game all last year so (laughs) hooray us.
2: And at least you're starting to do some substitutions now.
3: (laughs) I don't even so (laughs) ridiculous uh, Yeah yeah we're subbing. Yeah.
4: I kinda think one of the Takeaways I've had so far in this season has been Lee Wynn is back. I mean, the guy's got uh, his lowest point. He's got a point in that game against Colorado. He played less than an hour in. But other than that, like 7, 12, 11, 8, those are pretty good numbers from him. Uh, I'm going to keep you
2: talking right now, Parker, because the one question I want to cover before we start to move on about just a fantasy takeaway is defensive strategy. And, And you're new to the show, so people haven't heard what you think. Maybe you'll be the neutral point of view in this. But a lot of questions about the defensive strategy going forward for this game. Are you an all-in person? Are you maybe double up on a couple of promising teams? Or are you just for a diversification of your defensive backline? What are you thinking is the best way going forward? And then the rest of you guys can chime in.
4: Yeah, so I had been kind of going more with the all-in strategy. But I think the last couple of weeks haven't really turned out that well for me, especially, you know, with um, – Kansas City kind of giving up that late goal kind of just broke my heart and uh, I'm I'm gonna rage sell the all-in strategy from now on I'm gonna take a look you know pick a a goalkeeper and a defender for the double up and then from there I'm gonna kind of diversify my bonds a little bit I kind of think the way to go is um, you know just pick a strong center back and then a goalkeeper and another defender from a good team and then just grab another defender that you like I mean uh, I think that that's basically how to how to go through it from now on and take a look at the d- difficulty charts on the Fantasy Boss website and
3: just be smart about it. No, yeah, I'm sticking with the all-in approach personally. I mean, there was a lot of clean sheets this week, and I think that's kind of not as normal as what we're going to be seeing. It just seems like the games are so much easier to predict to go low for me. So, I mean, really, you could pick four different people across the back and – they could all concede, and it was all for naught. So it's when you go all in with it, you're going to have that one kind of marquee guy, and then the rest of it's going to be already at a budget anyway because not a lot of defenses have stacked prices across the back. So it just kind of takes it out of out of play for me. I just free defenders, I let it ride. Andrew? I am all for diversifying your back
1: line. So I'm going to go into some math stuff for you guys which never really works out on air but i'm doing it anyways so if you have got a defender that is going to get one bonus point and he has a 50 percent chance at a clean sheet that's an expected return of 3.5 versus a defender that has going to get three bonus points an expected clean sheet of one in four games that's an expected return of 4.25 so what I'm directly comparing there is Williams from Colorado this week. I'm giving him a 50% chance of getting the clean sheet versus say Long from New York Red Bulls, who's got a 25% chance of getting the clean sheet. But those that, that two point difference in the bonus points really adds up in the expected returns. So I think it makes more sense to just go for the guys that are going to get a lot of bonus points. That's fair. Mike, you want to chime in here?
0: Yeah, I mean... I haven't really gone all in um, with my defenders except for week one. But like I said last week, most of that is with price. I I think even if you said, okay, I don't think Sporting Kansas City is getting a clean sheet, who am I going to get? I don't think you're predicting Chicago um, against Columbus, who had one of the best expected goals against – or excuse me, for – against New England at home against Houston – FC Dallas against Minnesota and then RSL those teams those are not games that you're going to generally predict a clean sheet in So even if you diversified this week, I don't think you're getting a lot uh, of real gain um, I, I agree with Andrew. I think bonus points generally is the way to go if you're really looking for defensive points but I think my point is you really shouldn't be looking all that much for defensive points. You know, you really need to be looking offensively where you have a little bit more predictability. And I think there's more value um, in midfield and and even in forwards, Um, especially with some of the cheap midfielders. I think you get a lot more out of it by just going budget backline. And if that budget means you go all in more on one team, like that's fine if there's a bunch of cheap defenders, but like, for instance, this week, I think Dallas has a really good chance at a clean sheet, but they're very expensive in the back line. So I'm just going to get like one defender from them and look elsewhere for the rest of my back line. So I, I really think budget is more of an option than all in. But I, I, regardless, clean sheets are really hard to predict anyway. So you need to go w- with bonus points like Andrew said if you're really looking to maximize your defensive value.
2: Yeah, you and Andrew make the strongest case for for not all. And I think it's very reasonable too. I mean, Andrews is supported by the numbers and the idea of getting the cheaper players to help move more money into the attacking midfield is, is very solid. And and one that I can easily get behind uh, my, my buddy flannel Jackson over at R slash fantasy MLS makes a nice uh, discussion piece for, why the all-in is still the way to go. Uh, He's basically talking about, well, if you're half in with one team and half your guys get a clean sheet and half you don't and all my guys don't get a clean sheet and you do that two weeks in a row and I get one without and one with a clean sheet, uh, it all balances out. Maybe I'm more sour on the weeks I don't get one, but it'll all balance out. Uh, But he, he stresses not to look at these rounds, and I think this is the important takeaway for everybody listening. He stresses not to look at these rounds retroactively when we're talking about which one's better sure at the end of the season we're going to crunch the numbers and figure out what it is but taking it a week-by-week approach if if anyone was looking back at this past week before now and saw sporting kansas city that had only had not given up a goal during regular time against colorado who had not scored a goal on the road. I don't think people thought that was such a stretch to think Sporting Kansas City is going to keep a clean sheet. And to their credit, in regular time, they did keep a clean sheet. It was just that PK. So Colorado has still not scored an open field goal on the road. Uh, But that's not what happens in fantasy. It all gets flushed out there. But I think it just makes it stressed more. If you find a game that you want to go all-in on and it looks really promising – I'm all for it, but if you think you're going to hedge your bets, because there's a lot of parity in the league, there's a lot of times like this past round that we just had where it was like, wow, there's some even matchups. I'm, I'm not sure who's going to score. Then hedging your bets is totally fine, but I don't think there's one strategy to lean on, uh, and that's the beauty of this new system is it lets you have that diversification to go back and forth each week. Well, that's enough of our review. Let's move on to some other things. Unless there's anything else you guys want to mention about round six before we go. Speak now or forever hold your peace. All right, housekeeping. We are getting into round seven, and everybody is playing again this week. That is right. Everyone's playing no buys, no double games. Everything starts on the 14th. That is this Friday at 7 o'clock. So be sure to have your team set by then. I will actually be on the MLS Fantasy Twitter account answering your questions from 6 to 8, so be sure to tune in for that if you have any last-minute breaking questions you want. Uh, but get everything set by then, guys. Everyone's playing, so it should be a fun round. Patreon, everybody. I love you guys. Giving you a quick update. Uh, I've got the first wave of mugs and the or, uh, pint glasses and the first wave of stickers all sent out. Loving the pictures I'm getting back from people where you're sticking your stickers and just showing them off. It's great. Yes, I do cut up some papers and write notes and draw pictures on them, So, but it does not have any personal identifiable information on it. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy those. I love seeing your pictures. Keep them coming. Second wave, there are a few more people that need some pint glasses and some stickers. Will be coming soon. Uh, that's mostly the new people, but everyone who had subscribed as of a couple months ago should have had something in the mail. So if you don't have it, send me an email, mlsfantasyboss at gmail.com, and we'll get that sorted out. As for the other reward update for Patreon, uh, we're getting some of the funds in. Thank you so much, everyone who donates. You're helping make this all possible, and I am right now trying to find some quotes for MLS Fantasy Insider Scarves. And I hope to have those available for prizes by the end of this season and maybe some special gifts or swag that we can help give out to different levels of donators. So thank you so much. If you want to become a donor, a donor, a patron, a patron, to our Patreon account, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And you can help support the show and uh, support the prizes that we give out to everyone who participates. Now by far the most important part of housekeeping, Mike, your injury report.
0: Okay, not too much on the injury front uh, this week. Uh, Kamara for Montreal, um, they're hit with another injury. He left in minute 35. Not quite sure what his injury is. Uh, I guess we'll get an update uh, further on this week. Uh, Federico Higuain, he apparently has been dealing with an ankle injury, um, which is a Interesting previously disclosed, but not recently discussed injury because he was technically on the injury report, but he didn't make the 18. Um, I'm guessing this is going to be something he's going to be dealing with. So in and out um, kind of questionable from here on out, at least for a while. Uh, Roman Torres for Seattle Sounders. He left with a left hamstring strain. Um, Noturino for Orlando left with a, a calf injury. And then uh, I think the only red card this week was uh, a side of Atlanta. But um, other than that, uh, just kind of the, the normal ones, big guys up uh, Piotti, Kaká injured. Uh, some of those will be coming back, I think maybe next week, but for this week, kind of the, it's going to be status quo. I don't think there's anyone coming back except for maybe Benny Failhaber, who's been um, kind of questionable with whatever he's dealing with. They've been kind of squirrely on him, but, that, that's really it for this week uh, n- not a whole lot of news unless um, y'all have something that i I, I missed
2: yeah have you got any update on the Columbus goalkeeper situation both of them right now the the Stefan or Stefan and uh, Stuber, are marked as questionable with some with some strains are we going to be seeing a third string keeper here or is that just precautionary
0: I think that's just precautionary but let me look uh, unfortunately I wasn't doing uh, research today on the injury stuff so let me look and see if i can find something on that i don't remember that any of them left uh the game but um uh, let me let me check and see if i can see what what went on there and i'll I'll get back to you all later in in podcast
4: sounds great the only other thing i think you didn't mention was uh marco donadell got a red against la
0: i did miss that yeah donadell got a red um I think that was that that's the one that might be reviewed. Um so we'll see what disciplinary committee comes out with that because I think there was some question about whether or not uh, Jermaine Jones deserved an Oscar for that one but uh, <laughs> yeah so so Donadell as of right now is suspended we'll see um if DISCO uh, reverses that or not.
2: Have we had a round without a red card yet? I can't remember honestly.
0: I think maybe round four, technically, because there's only three games.
2: <laughs> <But laughs> that that that's, that's hardly a round, but oh, that, okay. We'll, I've we'll been
0: busy with, with the red cards. It's been like half injury, half red cards to start the season. <laughs>
2: I'll give you that one. All right, guys, anything else before we move forward? All right. Well, let's get on to the round six preview, the reason everyone is tuning in tonight. So hello to everyone who's listening on MLSsoccer.com, and hello to all of our normal listeners over at Reddit and and podcasts, whatever you're using. Uh, We're going to just jump right in with the game-by-game breakdown, Philadelphia versus New York City. And of course, Mike, you're giving us this game.
0: Okay. um, Well, like I said uh, when we were talking about fantasy takeaways, uh, I think – Even though Philadelphia is at home, they've been pretty bad. They've given up two goals in every game except for that first game against Vancouver when Vancouver was coming off a CCL match. And we saw this week just how how little energy Vancouver really had left uh, after those kinds of matches. So I I think New York City, even though they lost this week, um, they still actually exceeded D.C. in in expected goals. I think their defense has still been surprisingly good even though they are prone to um, some boneheaded um, mistakes like like we saw. So I think, you know, David Villa is is a good option again this week, even though he's on the road. I don't think Philly, with the how porous their defense is, is enough of a fright, especially with the slate of home teams we have this week. You're probably going to have to pick someone who's away. And I, I think David Villa is, is a, a great place to start uh, another goal this week. Um, he, he's just involved. If New York City scores, he's involved in it, and so you're going to get some kind of points out of him regardless. Plus, he t- tends to get some kind of bonus points. So, uh, yeah, I think David Villa um, is a good option. Um, since I think the better defense is away, I don't think this is a really good clean sheet, although uh, Kyens is so cheap, at, and he's a center back. Um, he's not the worst pick if you're just trying to, to save money. But, um, yeah, I, I think um, –
2: I think we lost Mike there for just a second. Uh, anybody who want to weigh in, I was going to ask Mike, what do you all think of Harris Mindunjanan? I uh, may have just butchered that name. But if you look at his numbers over his past five games, 7.7 points, 5 points, 7.6 points, pretty consistent. Kind of a, an Alonzo similarities there with some of these uh, recovery numbers that he's getting. At, at 8 million, is that a guy that any of you would consider just to, to fill the gap in your lineup as a home player?
1: No, I don't think so. If you're looking for those high floor kind of players, I think there's cheaper options out there in Godoy and also in Azira. Uh, So I think I'd go with either of those two or even Alex from Houston. I think all three of them are better options that kind of fulfill that same budget role. That's not going to be a complete bust points wise.
2: Hey, welcome back, Mike. We were just talking about Mindunjanin, which again, I may have butchered the name.
0: Um, I'm I'm sorry. I mi- I missed that. Y'all cut out. What happened?
2: Uh, we were talking about Minden Johnson as a, you you guys are just making me say this name because I'm sure I'm, I'm butchering this. Uh, just <laughs> as as a budget option, and and Andrew was saying he thinks there's better options at other places.
0: Yeah, I think this week there's better options at other places. Th- this is actually a week where you you're you have a a slew of options. Um, you know whether it's Gressel with Atlanta taking on Montreal, Alex with Houston. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good. Cheap midfielders options that I wouldn't go managing this week.
4: There you go.
2: That's that's the better pronunciation. I'm just I'm just trying I don't know to if it's
0: right, but it's My way with things. it. <laughs> I know there
2: there are people who are cringing. You're going to send messages to me. I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm just sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: Andrew, tell us about Vancouver and Seattle. Um, so it's Freddie Montero's first game against the Sounders, uh, which is going to be an interesting one since he scored the Sounders' very first MLS goal. I'm, I'm not so sure what the heck his role is in Vancouver. Uh, they, they're, the last game they played him as a pure nine, which he cannot play. Uh, it's, it's not his style of game. And so I think if they try to do that versus Seattle, he's just going to get kicked and run over and he's going to be completely ineffective. But I think they've got Hurtado that could potentially take that nine role and Montero could sit a little bit deeper in that hole like he did when he played for the Sounders in which he was way more effective in that type of role. Uh, Last week they had a bunch of rotation up in Vancouver due to the fact that they played the Champions League game midweek. And they've had that a couple times now. They've had a couple games where they've had red cards. So it's, it's tough to get a really clean read on what the heck Vancouver is all about. I, I think what probably is gonna happen in this game is they're just gonna try to clog up the middle and force Seattle to play around the outside of them and, and try to cross it into the box. In which case, Ken of Waston might get a whole boatload of clearances and interceptions and tackles and he might be one that's going to rack up a big score of bonus points. Um, on Seattle's side, I'm, I'm not really big on anybody from Seattle this week. Vancouver tends to sit two, holding midfielders right in front of that back line, and that's where Seattle wants to play through, and mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm anticipating another frustrating week for Seattle fans. Score prediction? Uh, I'll go with 1-1 again. Guy San Jose versus
2: Dallas.
3: I thought you were going to say Guy Sanchez, but yeah, Guy San Jose works too. <laughs> um, is,
2: is it, have we found a yeah. San Jose guy? I mean, we have a Dallas guy, but do we have a San Jose guy? No, not we yet. We
3: have a San Jose guy in the, the MLS show league. Uh okay. Esteban. But as far as San Jose and Dallas in this game, it's pretty, as far as form goes for home and away for both sides, I think it's pretty equal. Um, San Jose, for all the flack they get, they've actually done pretty good at home. Uh, Seven points through their three games. Um, First one against Montreal, but Montreal on the road isn't great. And then Dallas hasn't scored more than two goals in any game they played this year. But they've got, you know, four points on the road. Just not as explosive as we thought they would be. And a lot of it is because they got, I don't know, what did the MLS give them? Like two months off to prepare for Pachuca. And and, uh, that didn't work out so hot for them. So I think it's going to be like a 2-2. I think there will be some scoring, but um, I don't see either team really pulling away with the win here. I hate to say it, but I guess, you know, be a, a decent shot this week just because he's playing pretty good at home. Um, I'm kind of burned out on a Rudy and Acosta and any of the Dallas players uh, at the moment. They're just not as exposed as I'd like them to be. And then Godoy, you know, as kind of more of a value pick.
2: You cut out for a second. Did you say Wando was your good pick at home?
3: Yeah. Uh, Wando, a good pick at home. Not really high on a Rudy or a Costa. And uh, Godoy for some value if you're really pressed for other options.
2: All right, Parker. Montreal versus Atlanta. Tell us the secrets of the Atlanta success.
4: Oh, well, this, the secret's been that they've been just killing it on transition, and they're just so fast. Like, it, it almost doesn't matter who they are putting up top, they've just got so much speed. Um, I, I think that, you know, Toronto definitely dominated the midfield, um, in the last game and, and you won't really see Montreal be able to do that. So I think Atlanta's going to have a lot of the ball and a lot of possession in this game. Um, and I think with the impact missing Donadell and, um, Kamara and Piotti possibly, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to really have like a lot of, uh, a lot of problems on their hands with, with the Atlanta attack. I think for Montreal, though, they can definitely counter, and um, Oduro is still really fast. And kind of the way that Atlanta plays, pushing the outside back so far up the field for Atlanta, um, you know, the defensive mids are are going to have to be really on their game to um, kind of watch out for that counter. Um, I think the other thing to kind of look out for is uh, how Atlanta is going to line up. Uh, especially out with with, uh, Yamil Assad out. And Jacob Peterson didn't um, travel to um, Toronto. I think he had an ankle problem. Um, So with those two guys out, you could see Kenwin Jones uh, starting up top. Um, And, I mean, if Will Bruin can score against Montreal, like Kenwin Jones is going to score against Montreal if he starts. (laughs) Um, And for, I mean, as far as kind of like – your fantasy outlook here. I think that you're going to look at uh, Atlanta's defender, Leandro Gonzalez-Perez, is uh, terrific. He had an assist in the last game against Toronto where he just absolutely unloaded on a ball that Vigelba um, got on the end of and and uh, got one past uh, Bono there. Um, I think somebody mentioned Gressel. Julian Gressel, he's an absolute bargain. Um, he started a little bit further up the field against Toronto. Um, but he hasn't really settled into that role. So I kind of expect to see him moved, uh, moved back again and maybe seeing Almiron um, playing more centrally so that he'll see more of the ball. Um, and then, you know, maybe try to check out what's going on on social media and, and Twitter and things. And Kenwin Jones might be, might be an option. Um, as far as Montreal goes, I, I think you're going to take a, a pass on them this week. Um, their highest scorer that they're going to have available is uh, uh, Patrice Benier. Um But if you see um, if you see that Piatti's going to be back, um, you know I, I might grab him and, and grab Mancuso. Um, the Atlanta, you know, so far expected goals hasn't applied to us, um, but at some point that's going to snap back um, and and we'll see if that happens if those two start. Very
2: nice. If Piotti does come back, does that impact how much possession you think Atlanta's going to be able to maintain?
4: I, I think that they it might reduce it, but I still think that I like Almiron there getting a lot of the ball.
3: All right. That works. Yeah, I, They did Montreal they... dirty this year, though. <laughs> what? I mean, they did Montreal dirty this year. I mean, they've had five games, and they've played four of them on the road. It's so crap. I don't I don't get – I. I feel bad for them because their record looks really poor. But when you look at the other teams with a normal split of home and away games, their away record looks really poor too, but it's weighted with the goodness of the home fixtures. And then you got Montreal on this four road, one home. The world is falling apart. They're horrible. Ah, Wait until they play five home games. I think they might be a bit better.
4: Yeah. I mean, I also think that Montreal has been a little bit unlucky. I mean, I think they've had two games where they've had red cards and then on top of all those road games. Um, But just, with the injuries and, and kind of the suspension that they're going to have this week, I, I still think um, this shapes up pretty well uh, for Atlanta. I mean, I, I would guess like a 3-1 or maybe a 2-2 scoreline in this one.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm not advocating that Montreal's going to do well. I'm just saying <laughs> they've had a really poor – like they were set up for failure. It's kind of like when you know Toronto started out with like nine road games to start the year last year. You're just not set up years. to succeed when you're playing four games on the road to start the year.
4: Yeah, I mean, they definitely did something to insult the super I don't know. the super intelligent squirrels that MLS has make their schedule, so
0: no, I'm pretty sure that Montreal requests that because they have an outside stadium and they don't want to do the stadium Olympic or, you know, whatever it is. I don't remember the official name, but it's the, basically the Olympic stadium and they don't want to have to pay the rent. So they go on the road for Mar- most of March so they don't have to worry about uh, any snow games because they want to deprive us of snow. So look, Montreal deprived us of snowball fights. They got exactly what they deserved in an awful start because <laughs> snowball fights karma. are awesome.
2: <laughs> we love snow games. Come on. We had the great Atlanta snow game. We have, of course, the great U.S. National snow game. We had the great snow game last week in Real. We Salt like, we just need more snow games. That's what it should be yeah. about.
3: Interestingly enough, we love the snow games, but we can never have winter ball because that's yeah, too much. But all of our greatest games are in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, but attendance it's is old. down.
3: <laughs> What's well, uh,
2: cool? Mike? <laughs>
0: Hey, you're talking to a New Orleans guy. I don't the only snowballs I see is like a shaved ice treat that we make for kids and we pour a whole bunch of sugar on it. I, you know, I don't know what a snowball is.
2: Oh, that sounds delicious. Uh it guy, is. tell us about Orlando and LA. Uh
3: Orlando and LA. Um Orlando's won all three of their home games. Um really low scoring, couple of 1-0 draws, uh, one no wins. Um and then, you know, LA's their two road games, one win, one loss, but three goals and six goals combined in those games. It's I'm going to, I'm going to err more on the side of, you know, Orlando really kind of keeping the momentum going here. Um, but LA can score and I just, but you look at the way, you know, Orlando's held their, held their own against NYC and, and the Red Bulls and maybe the Red Bulls really aren't that good after all. But, uh, it, that's a tough one for me. I don't I don't really know how that one's gonna play out, but I favor Orlando a little bit. Um, you know, as far as picking fantasy players, you know, i Laren at home, he's already got three goals at home this year. You can't really count him out, but Alessandrini scored two of his goals on the road, so he's definitely worth a shout kind of in any position. Two one for Orlando on this one.
2: Mike, what can you tell me about Chicago and New England?
0: I think this is going to be a really interesting game. There's, these are two teams that were awful last year. Um, we kind of came into it thinking they would be pretty bad. We uh, was not surprised by New England shutting down Houston. Um, by expected goals, they have one of the best um, defenses in the league. Um, you know, even disp- – I think they've played five uh, games, which is more than – well, I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot that they had a buy. Bye. Um, but they, their expected goals against is 0.85. Um, that's the second best in the league if I'm looking at the table right, um, right uh, behind San Jose. So their defense is very, very good. Uh, now they're on the road. They haven't been as good on the road. Um, I, I don't know that there. I, I'm thinking this is like a one-one draw. Um, I wouldn't go heavy with these players this week just because I think there's there, there's better options out there. Uh, but Lee Win has been very good this year. Uh, he got another eight points uh, this week, um, and he was my captain, um, which didn't wasn't too bad for me. Um, and so I, I, I think if you want um, Lee Win uh, or or even Schweinsteiger, um, just because of how much they've been involved in both of their teams' attack. Um, I don't think you would go with Dax McCarty. I know he's getting a lot of love for his great play, um, and he's a very good player, and I think the Red Bulls are absolutely crazy to have let him go, although I'm really happy that they did. But I think for his price point, he's still not, for fantasy-wise, he's still not going to be good enough. So I'm thinking this is a 1-1 game. I'm not looking at many of the defenders here. Uh, A lot of the prices for New England... Aren't that great? Um, maybe some Chicago defenders, if you wanted to, you know, because they're at home and um, their their defense isn't too bad either. It's their expected goals against is one point one nine. So I like um, Winner Schweinsteiger, but generally, I think there are better options out here.
2: No love for a com or Nico. I,
0: I just I, I I don't think they're consistent. Um, I think that they have the ability to score. But at least until we get some more information, I, I just don't find that they're consistent enough. And they're very much boom or bust uh, kind of players, um, in, in my opinion. So I, they're, they're not where I would go. Um, and, and like I said, I think there's some, some better options uh, elsewhere. Sure.
2: Andrew, we've already ragged on the New York Red Bulls a little bit. maybe Maybe unfair, but so what's your take of the New York Red Bulls versus D.C.?
1: So these are two teams that are still kind of struggling to figure out what they want to be this year, I think. DC they they were real bad the first couple games. They brought back Acosta from injury and they brought back Boswell into the starting lineup and they started to look somewhat better. I'm I'm not convinced that it's going to be good enough to do much of anything. Uh, The the wing play hasn't been as good this year as it was last year, and I think that was a big key to their success in the second half of the season. And uh, they've got Mullins, who's been out injured, uh, who was the other part of their big turnaround, was having that kind of soft feet target forward um, that I think they're kind of missing him right now as well. Uh, New York, on the other hand, their formation just doesn't, really work that well I really as much as i don't like him as a player i really feel like they're missing mike grella uh just as that kind of secondary goal scorer uh after bradley wright phillips he's he's one of those guys that you know he's not super talented but he just has a knack for being in the right place at the right time getting just the right touch on the ball and scoring some goals, and they're just not getting any support in goal scoring um, out of kind of the other attackers that they're playing right now. Um, in the last couple games, the Red Bulls have been kind of camping out in the right channel, uh, and D.C., with the addition of Boswell now, they've kind of got that area on lockdown defensively. So I'm, I'm not sure that New York is going to really be able to get all that many good, solid chances if they continue to try to attack down that right side. Uh, that said, I'm going to definitely go with Sasha Kleshton in my team. He's got a great floor all season long. His bonus point production's been good. Uh, his ceiling, he hasn't scored a goal yet, I don't think. Uh, so I think he could potentially break out anytime now. Uh, so I think this is a week where I might even captain him. Uh, BWP's oh. someone that I'm considering, but... I'm I'm still not convinced that he's going to make it in my team, oh, yeah. and none of the DC guys are going to be in my team this week either.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. BWP's fallen down my list of players as well. I can understand that. Just I just need more with this new formation. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Parker, uh, not your team, but I'd like to get your take on Columbus and Toronto.
4: Yeah, it was uh, kind of interesting watching Columbus against Chicago. They just it looked pretty good, you know, going into that game, and then they kind of snapped back uh, and regressed to how how they played a little bit last year. I think they really missed um, Iguain and and Awful, who were absent for that game. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the one thing though is is that their defense has been solid all year. Um, they just allowed one goal on the road, which I, you know, that that probably puts you in okay um, in okay territory to try to get a, a draw at least on the road. But Chicago. Um, you know, obviously got the goal, um, for Toronto, you know, they ran all through the Atlanta midfield with, um, Almiron out wide, um, and Gressel central. And I think that you could see the same kind of thing if, um, if people misses this game for Columbus, um, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see if they'd move Miram centrally to try to kind of yes. work more chances, um and control the tempo of the game a little bit more. Um, I guess the other thing with uh, Toronto, though, is Altidore and Giovinco seem like they've really developed a great partnership. That goal that uh, Altidore just flicked into uh, Gio's path was was really beautiful. Um, and um, I, I think that Toronto is going to have most of the chances in this game with um, Columbus holding on um, and not really being able to impose themselves. So um, for – Fantasy picks, I think, uh, you know, depending on what your budget is, um, Josie or Giovinco. Um, even with uh, Columbus's defense being much improved, um, and then if if People's not back, um, see if Miram is um, is going to be playing centrally because I, I think that uh, Toronto is Toronto has looked good in defense, but not the same kind of dominant performance that they they kind of put on to close out the season last year.
2: I have to ask, Guy, since you're on here, how are you feeling about Alphador this year? The top ten um, forward right now.
3: Top ten forward in, uh, what is it, week six or week seven? <laughs> Give it time. Okay, okay.
2: Uh, Andrew, Houston versus Minnesota. Uh, I think a lot of people have been waiting for this game. I know I have. What do you think is going to happen?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout. Um So let me backtrack for just a second here. I I don't think Houston is a very good team, and I don't think their attack is as good as people think it is. Over half of their goals so far have been off of dead ball situations. Uh, I think it's six goals off of either free kicks or penalty kicks or corner kicks out of the, what, like 11 they have, I think. Uh, So that's something that people might not be aware of, that they aren't quite as good in open play as they might seem based on their goal scoring record. Um, that said, Minnesota is absolutely dreadful at defense still. Even after their trades that they just made, they're still just awful. Their back line is completely disorganized. They can't transition to defense. Just their simple basic like orientation of the way that they're standing is just wrong it's things that I teach like my 12 year olds that I coach that orient your body this way when the ball is over there. So that way you can see runners coming in and they're just losing runners in the box, all game, every game. And so Houston, what they do, all they do is counter. And so I think it's just one of those confluences of counter versus the perfect leaky back line. That's going to result in a couple goals for Houston. Um, we've seen, you know, Atlanta counterattacked on them all day, Portland counterattacked on them, Dallas, new England, all these teams counterattacked on them and scored a boatload of goals. And so I'm predicting pretty high score in this one. I could see four for Houston on this. Um, so getting guys like Alex or Kubo Torres, um, maybe even Minotas since they're, uh, Since Minnesota defense on the left side or on their right side is is a little weak, and Minota's played on the left wing last time, Uh, so he might get a couple great opportunities this upcoming week for a pretty cheap price. Um, So Houston, I'm I'm all in on Houston this week. I'm going to have bare minimum of two, possibly three or four attackers from them this week.
2: Does Minnesota score?
1: Is Molino going to get his points? Uh. You know, they've been pretty good in the attack. Um, they're kind of sloppy through midfield, but they're once they're in the final third, they've been fairly potent. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they score one or two. Okay. Parker, Colorado versus Real Salt Lake.
4: Yeah, so Colorado has looked pretty bad going forward, and they really have looked not great in the back with um, Holberry uh, being injured. Um, you know, in the game against um, Sporting KC... Sporting hadn't been able to do much of anything all year, and they put up three goals against what had been the best defense in the league last year. Um, so I, I think that they're gonna struggle again in this game. Um, you know, Mike Pecky's gonna want RSL to play more of an attacking style, with Colorado trying to absorb all that pressure, um, and they just you haven't seen it this year against teams that play like that against them. Against you know they let. Sporting KC run all over them. And, and kind of the same thing with that Minnesota game. I mean, you would have thought Minnesota wouldn't have done anything against them. They came in and scored two goals. Um, so I, I kind of think that uh, for Colorado, the best that they're going to hope to do is try to get something up to Badgie um, and get past the RSL backline. line. Um, with RSL, you know, they're still going to be kind of trying to work on implementing Pecky's style and building an identity around that. Um, but I, I think that they'll get some chances. Um you know, if you're looking at this game, um, I might stay away. Um, but, you know, you're a, um, Plata had uh, a lot of good opportunities, I think, in the last game. And um, Albert Rusnak, of course, he had, the I think, the highest fantasy score last week. Um, and it, yeah. I think he's a pretty legit player. For Colorado, I think you're looking at Badgey and Hairston. Okay. What kind of score do you think we get here? Oh, man. Um, I think you might see a 1-1, maybe maybe 2-1 with RSL sneaking, sneaking another one in with the kind of struggles that Colorado looks like they've put up so far.
2: Okay. Final game, Guy, all yours. Portland versus Sporting Kansas City.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Portland is the best team in the league right now, naturally. Um, <clears throat> against see. the best defense, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay best defense um no well i mean they got a good defense but portland uh 10 goals through three games at home out of this world form when he plays at home five goals already in those three games just crazy and the thing about portland is they're getting goals from like weird spots like by miller and guzman's got one then nagby already got one and so it's, even though they're scoring in, in bunches with the two guys you expect to score the goals, they're also getting those supplementary goals that we didn't see a whole lot last year. Um, you know, in SKC's two road games, they played two nil-nil draws. So that little three-goal outburst they had, um, probably fun for their fans to see. But uh, they haven't translated it on the road yet. And I think it's going to be about 3-1 Portland, maybe 3-0. I'm going to call it now. And if it is 3-0, sorry, supporting Kansas City. What can I do?
2: I knew you couldn't resist that. (laughs) Now, that's the only game that so far you guys maybe even have a shutout. Are there any other games that any of you guys think are potential shutouts, or is this around to look at bonus points?
0: I think it's probably around to look at bonus points, but I think FC Dallas against San Jose probably has a chance. Um, I'm not impressed with San Jose's attack again. Um, They they started off hot, but the last few games, um, they're just not putting up pretty good numbers so um i mean that wando chance at the end was really the only chance they created so i i think that um that's your best shot for a clean sheet but yeah overall the better teams are the away teams this week which isn't really a great combination for clean sheets at least ones that you can predict so i think you're going bonus points this week
2: and now let's move on to player picks so keepers mike who do you want
0: Um, Right now I have Sites for the reasons I just said. um, I'm I'm assuming he's going to come back and remain the starter, even though I think Gonzalez probably should be the starter for Dallas. But it seems like that's Sites' job, regardless of what Gonzalez does. So um, I'm going with Sites.
1: Andrew. I'm with Mike. I don't think there's any standout clean sheet games in this. Uh, So right now I have Stefan, mostly for the price guy.
3: You know, mine is gonna my my keeper and I'm gonna I'm I'm still playing in the stack, so right now I'm leaning heavily toward Colorado just based on RSL playing away. Till they prove it, they're still garbage. So hey, I could get busted out again, but I don't know. Colorado at home. I like it. I'm gonna go that for my keeper and my defenders, I think.
2: All right, so big Howard keeper for you. Parker.
4: Yeah, I've got um, Luis Robles. Um I I I kind of see this uh, Red Bull DC game kind of being a big mess, and it just not really creating a lot of chances.
2: Keep us going, Parker. Who do you like on defense?
4: Yeah, for my defenders, I've got um, Leandro Gonzalez Perez for Atlanta. Um, you know, I think he's probably – what is he the high scoring defender in the game right now? He's uh, the yeah, third highest. Not yeah, um, yeah. So he's the third highest finding. Uh, scoring defender in the game. He loves to get forward. I mean, he's he's like a central attacking defender. It's pretty ridiculous. So I got LGP. Um, I've also got um, Aaron Long um, for New York. I'm doubling up with him and, and Robles. Um, and then I'm just going to take Medranda. I think he's got, you know, the top score in defense right now. Uh, and he keeps getting subbed out when they still have a clean sheet. So why not? Mike.
0: Uh, I'm have Grana for Dallas kind of. Going double up on them. Uh, I also have Long from uh, the New York Red Bulls. And then uh, I have Kyans for, for uh, New York City, mostly for uh, the price. Um, also, I have Farfan. It's kind of a switcheroo that I can do, um, too, since he's at home. And I'm, I'm not really impressed with Sporting Kansas City. I think there's a decent outside shot for um, a, a clean sheet there. So, um, yeah, that's my four. Grana, Long, Callens, and uh, Farfan.
1: Andrew It's all about the bonus points for me. I'm going with Watts, Long, Youngworth and I'm looking at probably a switch between maybe Jonathan Spector and a high floor midfielder.
2: Mm, okay.
3: Guy. Um, you know, sticking with the Colorado, they're just going to probably get Watts, probably Miller. Um, I'll probably throw Farfan in. Uh maybe as, like, a, a third option just to be cheap because I'm going to spend more money elsewhere. But, yeah, I'm sticking with Colorado at home. Okay.
2: And, Guy, who do you like in midfield, then?
3: Midfield's going to be tough because I'm going to spend quite a bit. I'm going to go uh, Valeria for sure, Alex, and then I'm probably – I think I have to get Miram while he's at home. And if I can fit uh, Al Miron on there, then I'm going to do that. So – Definitely going to spend more in my midfield than my forwards this week.
4: Solid. Parker. Yeah, I think uh, midfield I'm also going to jump on with Almiron. I'm taking uh, Kevin Molino um, and uh, Alex and trying to get in on what I think is going to be a high-scoring game with Houston, Minnesota. And then um, I I think that we're going to see Schweinsteiger kind of play more up the field with the Juninho back uh, for Chicago. Oh, I like that. I like that,
0: Mike. I've gone through like five different iterations of this just since we sat down on the podcast. There's so many good midfielders. Well, I
2: mean, it's still Monday, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I'm I'm gonna like have like a thousand transfers just this week alone. <laughs> um, but right now, I've got Acosta for um, FC Dallas. Um, I, I think he's such a great value for his price, um, and, and I'm not impressed with San Jose. Uh, I have Valeri at home. Uh, I don't think you can turn that down. Um, i also point out, um, even though Sporting Kansas City's gotten close to two clean sheets, they're really um, living large. Um, they, their expected goals is five and they ha- against and they only have let in two. So I'm thinking that um, comes to an end this week. And, and Valeri and Portland put up a, a, some big numbers. Uh, I also have Ulmer on and uh, Alex. But um, I think Molino would be a great choice, and I'm trying to figure out how to get him in.
1: (laughs) Andrew, who do you like? I'm going with Miram and Alex and Valeri, like a lot of these guys are, and then I'm going with Sasha Kleschen as well. That's right.
2: And who do you like at forward?
1: Uh, Forwards this week, I don't like many. I think Kubo is the only must-own forward. Um, I'm looking at potentially BWP or Adi or Ola, um, but I'm not sure which of those three I'm going to go with yet.
3: Guy. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with two, I think. If I, if I do my midfield the way I want to, I'm going to have uh, Adi and Torres up front. Finding a third option, um, it's just not going to be fe- feasible, I think. So, yeah, just Adi and Torres for me.
4: Parker? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with Superman. I'm going to take Christian Ramirez from Minnesota. I also get Cubo Torres and um, I'm going to grab David Villa, David Villa, this week. David Villa, it's okay. Don't worry. And Mike.
0: Uh, I'm going to have the same three guys that they talked about Torres, Adi, and of course, David Villa.
2: And who's your captain going to be, Mike?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Cubo Torres. I think um, it's like, like, I think it was Andrew who talked about it. It's such a mismatch with the way that Houston likes to speedy counter and minnesota just can't handle it trying to be a possession team so i think cubo is the, the pick this week
1: andrew right now i've got it on sasha question but i wouldn't be surprised if it ends up on Kubo torres by the deadline guy yeah it's Kubo for me
4: and parker yeah i'm gonna jump on the Kubo train too Ooh. pretty much four for four we'll,
2: we'll call it that way with with andrew being a maybe three and a half for four We'll say that. Three and a half or four. Well, thank you so much, guys, for giving those tips and insights into this round. I hope everybody enjoyed that and has some inspiration for when they're crafting their teams. Now we're moving on to our community time, my favorite part of the show. The R slash fantasy MLS top scorer for this round goes to Justin Shepherd, manager of Mad Dax Fury Rogue. I enjoyed that name. That was very nice. Uh, he had 106 points, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, that was also the highest score of the round. So, congrats, Justin! Well done, well done. I, I think that's several weeks that people from our slash fantasy MLS league have had the top score. Now, I mean, people are in multiple leagues, but I mean, we'll claim you right now. We'll claim you. So, con- good job, guys, tearing it up this this year. Moving on to Patreon, uh, we have a new leader. Josh Lewis is now the leader of the Patreon invite head-to-head league. He is 5-0-0 and has 401 points. RJ Gage is in a close second, also 5-0-0 with 377 points. And Matthew Littman, who was formerly in first place, was defeated and has now fallen to third. So tough battles there. Good, Good fun so far. And in the most important league that I'm in, the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league andrew and i had a big head-to-head match this round and andrew i'll let you talk about this one i actually want to hear it out of your mouth i lost by one point last mm, week so sweet so sweet it was yes <laughs> I, I understand your feeling last week i was on the winning side of a one-point victory today i am on the losing side of a one-point victory um i thought i had it because you didn't have Sonova, did you andrew I did not. You I did not Beasler at the last minute. And you had Diop. So it was those couple little things that ended up not being in my favor in the end. So uh, I did lose to uh, Andrew 77 to 78, but I am still first place overall in the league. So for now. For now, exactly. Uh Guy, did you throw in the towel against your other fantasy employer?
3: No, no, no. No, I I beat um, fantasy football twenty-four-seven. Uh, 75 to 71. uh, My team delayed kickoffs. I was performing uh, pretty well. (laughs) I love that name. I love
2: that name. (laughs) It's the truth. Mike, tell us about your game.
0: Well, you know, fresh off a a week where I... I beat Jason on the podcast as far as the double switcheroo. Um, you, you know what? I, he He's run off to Italy. We don't know where he is. He's hiding. And he just got another beat down. 68-63. Um, complete total victory. Not really close. I could have put up more points, but, I mean, why? There wasn't, really wasn't any reason to, <laughs> to make it that much worse. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I beat him I, as expected, you know. And now, I'm not the taco. Um, Andrew Weeby is finally where he belongs, which is last.
2: <laughs> well, uh, Blaine took on Travis, and he uh, Blaine won sixty nine to sixty four. So a tough game. There a lot of low scores this week. The uh, highest one though came from Phil, uh, who took on Andrew Weeby. Beat him eighty five to sixty five. Not sure if Andrew's even playing. Uh, may have to call him to the hot take hotline and give him some uh, just, just some grief about that. Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football first beat Ben Baer, 71-64. Oh, no. Uh, but uh, then it all comes back down to Tim Shaw versus Mr. Simon, who's off traveling in Europe someplace right now. That's why the recording may sound different tonight. But Simon did pull that victory off, 73-70. to 70. So very tough games this week. That's why head-to-head is awesome. Next round, Mike is going to take on Ivan the Terrible. Guy takes on Phil. Andrew is taking on Blaine. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Jason. There's already Smack Talk going on on Twitter. Be sure to tune in for more of that. I am taking on Ben Baer from MLS. Andrew Weeby is taking on Simon Thwaites. Um, congrats, Simon. Can we go ahead and just say that right now? And then Travis is taking on Tim. So more fun coming next round.
4: Uh, Parker, do you have any fun head-to-head leagues or anything you want to talk about? Kind uh, of put me on the spot. I, the Dirty South Soccer, uh, we're in a uh, you know, Writers Kumite League. And uh, right now I'm winning it, so I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, yeah. Is it a
2: head-to-head as well? Head-to-head league, yeah. Well, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you guys
4: so much for being here. Is there anything you would like to plug before we close out? Yeah, come check us out at uh, dirty Um if you want to hear more stuff about Atlanta United.
3: Yeah, and I write uh, a weekly article over on uh, FantasyFootball247.co.uk. It's, uh, I'm told it's a very long article, so... You know, you may need to take a, a bathroom break or two to get through it. But, uh, yeah, I think I get some pretty good information out there.
2: It does. It's a good article. Guy likes to talk about uh, the betting lines.
3: Yeah, but my my whole secret is I'm not that smart. Like, I'm, I'm not that really into the <clears throat> ins and outs of the league. But people who put money on it set the lines. I just go with what they're going with.
2: Andrew, Mike, anything for you guys?
0: Um, nothing really for me. Um, I'll just plug um, someone else. It's just the league, I think. Most of us, except for Parker, uh, play in the MLS Show League. Um, they just wrapped up their fourth season and they're looking for players. So if you're looking for an additional fantasy fix because you're addicted and can't get enough of it, um, at MLS Show League they're looking for new players. Um, it's it's a really fun group, of, of guys to hang out, and it also kind of helps you learn about um, the fantasy game with the, with the roles they have. So it they can kind of it kind of helps you. Um, with the fantasy MLS game. So uh, if you're looking for some more fantasy MLS, check them out.
1: So my plug is going to be completely not related to soccer whatsoever, and it might be a little bit heavy for some people. Um, So a couple years ago, I was in Nepal when there was the devastating earthquake there. And so my plug this week is ready.gov slash kit. And it's basically just the... Essentials that you need for an emergency kit um, So I, I encourage everyone to go there make your emergency kit talk with your family and your loved ones about what your plan is in case an emergency hits um, Because I've I've been firsthand witness to what unpreparedness looks like and it is terrifying um, so do what you can now to prepare and uh, Yeah, that's my plug Fair enough. And back on the soccer
2: side, I'm going to talk about all the f- great articles that come up at r slash fantasy MLS and at MLS fantasy boss.com. Great discussion at both sites. You can catch the things that I post at MLS in the fantasy Experts section, along with people like Travis and, and Andrew Winter that that likes right over there. I'm also on the United States of soccer podcast with Jason Davis, a uh, serious, xm for that Uh, usually on game days i think it'll be friday if you want to hear some questions about soccer send your tweets in answer them and like i said at the top of the show on thursday and friday i'll be manning the fantasy twitter if you want to send over questions and just talk general fantasy stuff i will be the guy that is helping you out so all kinds of fantasy stuff good questions good answers good luck